Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. A lot of thank yous to give out as we get rolling here today. First of all, thank you to everyone who tuned in last night for the Chick-fil-A Dog Bowl with former Georgia coach Mark Rick and an entire collection of current and former Georgia players, Kirby Smart himself, uh, everybody on hand to help raise money for Parkinson's disease research, Crohn's disease research. For all of you who watch that at dognation.com, thank you so much for doing that. To the entire team here at Dog Nation that helped us put this on, obviously I'm always so appreciative of them. You know, you see my loud mouth and fat face on camera all the time, but what you don't realize is whether it be, you know, folks back here in our Atlanta studio like Michael Carvel or an entire just team of people on site there at the bowling alley there in Athens it takes a lot to do something like that especially when it's a little bit unorthodox the kind of thing that uh, we had not really done before that almost no one's done before that kind of live stream for that long of a period of time Uh, I'm just so appreciative of all the people who helped make that go the way that it did and I personally 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 once again want to thank Mark Rick and his family for allowing Dog Nation to be a part of this you know I am so proud of that because obviously I just you know believe in what the Rick family stood for and seeing them up close and personal you're just reminded of they are the real deal mark richt is the real deal that the persona that he's projected in our lives for these decades is the way that he is in these moments too and obviously he's in a fight right now with parkinson's disease and we know how how challenging that can be and yet you continue to see richt be richt even through all of this so i was so moved by that i am so grateful for those of you who've you know joined the the show and gave last night we're going to encourage you to continue to do that here today the website to go to is ricksdogbowl.com that's r-i-c-h-t-s ricksdogbowl.com of course dog spelled d-a-w-g and as a reminder about why this is such an important thing before we're done on our show today uh coming up here in just a few minutes in fact had a chance last night to spend a little bit of time with georgia coach kirby smart i believe that's our first one-on-one interview with kirby of course it's about the event itself and it's about you know what the rick family has meant to him but it's still a great chance to see a great side of kirby smart that we don't often get to see because he's very busy being the football coach of georgia 99 percent of the time but in this particular case got to kind of pull back from that a little bit and just be kind of one of the folks there at the bowling alley and that was kind of a cool thing to see so we'll show you some of that on our show here coming up in a moment of course prior to all that we got some business to take care of and one of the guys that we talked to last night was david pollock and david's obviously always a great guest and david was a little bit of a subject on our show yesterday there as well it was in the dan patrick radio program and he was kind of you know chatting up you know kind of a lot of things as it related to georgia and there was one thing that david said about future georgia opponents that i think we ought to visit here for a moment David was talking about the Georgia defense and kind of what that unit looks like right now as you see a lot of guys from the 2021 and 2022 teams who've now moved on the NFL and perhaps a little bit of a compound interest here starting to take shape in terms of what Georgia's lost off the last two defenses with how this unit's playing here in 2023 and the challenge that unit could face here moving forward with upcoming football games not just cocktail party next Saturday but then after that in fact it was a couple of games beyond that that David specifically cited in the clip we played for yesterday from his interview earlier this week with the uh, Dan Patrick radio program. So let me let you hear this Pollock clip again. If you listen to yesterday's show, you heard that. But I want to take a slightly different angle on this based on something that David said. So let's hear this, and then we'll kind of dive into what really is next for Georgia and what we believe is an incredibly challenging slate of upcoming games. This is what David Pollock recently said about that. You don't have runs like that. Like all of those guys that you saw during those those two year run, they're all playing on Sundays. If you turn the tape off, like you start watching Sundays, like oh yeah, I remember that guy. That guy played defense at Georgia. That guy played defense at Georgia. I mean, all eleven of the defensive starters for the first national championship, they all got drafted. So, I mean, it's just it's gonna look different. But if you look at the schedule, Ole Miss is gonna be a problem. A running quarterback with a system that can also run the football, throw the football a little bit more. But again, that's at home. Uh, Missouri is, the, is one of the, is their next toughest game. That's at home. So it is a tough place to go to walk into with that crowd, that noise, that atmosphere. It's tough for anybody to go in there and win. 
I've talked to a lot of Georgia fans here this week, and one of the things that you commonly hear, and it feels like we sort of hear this this time of year every year, is the idea of, oh my gosh, I am so ready to just sort of sit home on a Saturday and kick back and watch a bunch of college football, which is not the same thing as saying that Georgia fans don't enjoy traveling to see the dogs play or spending their Saturdays in Athens. Of course, we love that. It's our probably number one pastime for most of us. But it's also kind of nice to have that Saturday where you don't have to think about a Georgia game. You can just watch the other college football games that are taking place. But as David says right there, though, as you're doing that, perhaps you do it with a little bit of a homework assignment in mind. If you want to do some early scouting about what Georgia's remaining slate looks like, this upcoming Saturday I think gives you an idea of that. You hear David say, hey, I think Ole Miss can be a problem for Georgia coming up as a big home game against a ranked opponent in the month of November. Well, guess what? We get to see Ole Miss on the road on Saturday, too, at Jordan-Hare Stadium. That's a place that Georgia's already played here this year. We know how tough it can be. And there's got a kind of interesting wrinkle, too, of homecoming here of sorts. You know, Hugh Freeze will be at home but playing against his old school in Ole Miss. So how much of a problem – so to speak could Ole Miss be for Georgia the game against Auburn on Saturday I think tells you a lot about that I know a lot of Georgia fans are really really excited about tuning in and seeing some of that and at this point in time I don't even think that Missouri is necessarily flying under the radar for Georgia fans anymore perhaps nationally I don't think people realize just how big on paper Georgia Missouri could be coming up the week after the Georgia Florida game but another chance to see you know is Missouri air quotes here for real you know is Missouri capable of keeping it going obviously they've been winning football games they get South Carolina on Saturday that's a home game for the Tigers there uh you know Luther Burden's had a great year did not have probably the best game against Kentucky I don't think that uh, uh Brady Cook the quarterback from Missouri has also had probably a better year than I expected him to have I don't think he had his best game against Kentucky either but can they get back to that that's another one of those opponents you heard David Pollock sort of mentioned by name upcoming here for Georgia you know seeing how they play against an SEC opponent on Saturday albeit a scuffling one in South Carolina Nonetheless, that kind of gives you an idea uh, of what the future Georgia schedule can look like. The team that David doesn't mention, which is also probably on your mind in the biggest game of all on Saturday, is Alabama hosting Tennessee. And what's weird here is we're going to talk more about this as we kind of roll into tomorrow. I've got another note on this game before we're done at today's show. But tomorrow, I think the point I'm going to make about the Alabama-Tennessee game is, is that quietly... Tennessee has probably played as well as, if not better, than Alabama all year long. And I don't know that they've probably given, been given credit for that. And I don't necessarily know that means they win this game on Saturday. But by perception, I think a lot of people assume that Alabama is far better than Tennessee is. But actual performance, I'm not quite so sure You know, that's necessarily the case. So David says, hey, look at that Ole Miss game. That could be a problem for Georgia. Keep your eye on Missouri. I would add Tennessee to that there as well. And, of course, all of those games future Georgia opponents have pretty big SEC games on Saturday which gives us a pretty big measuring stick for kind of how all this stands now what David said was also kind of in light of what's currently going on with the Georgia defense and we've admittedly said this that right now it sort of seems like Georgia perhaps has a defense that's a little bit more in keeping with what you would expect from a good team in college football a contending team a good quality team in college football but certainly perhaps not the same kind of replica of the larger-than-life, truly awesome defense that's been the definition of these two last great Georgia teams that have won the national championship. Georgia may be a little bit more normal for a good team as opposed to the abnormal outlier quality of defense these last two great Georgia teams have had. Now, it remains to be seen whether that be proven true or not, but it has certainly appeared to possibly be true based on the seven games that we've just seen. Giving up 20 points against Missouri this past Saturday is kind of an example of why that is. But let me go under the hood here for a moment and try to keep this as sort of simple and easy to understand as possible about why that maybe some of the Georgia defensive issues have been perhaps overstated. Not to say that there aren't reasonable room for concern. Of course, there is. But the idea that this is a Georgia defense that can still figure it out against these pretty good offensive teams, Ole Miss, Missouri, you know, Tennessee in their own right, they have at least capable offensive play caller minds, you know, running those running those offenses with the three head coaches of Heupel and Kiffin and uh, Eli Drinkwitz with these upcoming games against what can be formidable offenses. I think there's still an opportunity for the Georgia defense to show what it's all about. In fact, you want to go back to that Vanderbilt game for a moment. While it's true that Georgia gave up 20 points, which is a little bit of an eye-opening you know, number against a team like Vanderbilt, 
The truth is Georgia only gave up 219 yards. Now, I would ask you, which of those numbers is probably worse on the game day? Well, obviously, it's the 20 points allowed. But which of those numbers is more predictive moving forward? I'd say the 219 yards may be a little bit more predictive moving forward because in most games, if you only give up 219 yards, you're probably not giving up 20 points. Georgia's had some red zone breakdowns defensively a few times this year. Uh, Kirby Smart, I know, has addressed that. We may hear Kirby on that again tomorrow. We may revisit this topic a little bit. But ultimately, the overall sort of basic counting stats for Georgia defensively actually remain pretty solid. You know, Georgia still, even after giving up 20 on Saturday, tied for seventh nationally, allowing 14 points per game. And maybe even more important than that, they're eighth nationally right now in yards per play allowed, giving up just 4.39 yards per play. So this seems like it's, oh my gosh, what's happened to the Georgia defense? This isn't 2021 anymore. There's no Nolan Smith or Jalen Carter. This isn't 2022 anymore. But actually, compared to most teams, Georgia's still pretty good defensively. Now, do you need to be better than pretty good with Brock Bowers not playing and what Georgia's about to face? Maybe you do, but the opportunity to still raise the level of play for Georgia defensively, I think it still exists, even if some of us are coming to grips with the idea of this unit may not quite be as dominant as it's been in the past. Now, let me say one more thing on this topic, and then we're going to change the subject. The other point that David made there, and I think this is something that every Georgia fan needs to take to heart, The two games that David cited specifically that could be challenging for Georgia, Ole Miss coming up, Missouri coming up. It's Missouri first at home, then Ole Miss after that. Y'all, those are home games. And as David said, hey, it's going to be tough for either of those two teams to come into Athens, face not just that Georgia team, but that Georgia crowd, and also walk away a winner or walk away taking a bite out of Georgia. That's going to be a tough thing for either of those teams to do which tells you everything you need to know right now about the reputation that's been established for Georgia fans. It's been well-earned because of Kentucky game this year and Tennessee game last year, Arkansas game the year before that, and on and on you go. The Georgia fans have met the moment every time they've been asked to do so. And in these upcoming games, you better believe that's going to be the case once again. There's a very good chance that both these games are really big when they're played. We've said this now for a little bit. It's at least possible that Georgia-Missouri is a primetime game on CBS, one of the bigger games in the SEC this season, perhaps, assuming both these teams continue to keep winning. Missouri, obviously, a couple of games, Georgia next Saturday against Florida, giving you a chance to do that. It could perhaps overtake Alabama-LSU, depending on how those two teams continue to operate as that primetime game on CBS. Maybe it doesn't happen, perhaps it will. Either way, Georgia fans going to be called upon to make a big atmosphere. The same thing's true for Ole Miss, too. If Ole Miss keeps winning, Lane Kevin brings a lot of attention with him, that could be a very big game. Georgia crowd going to be called on in a very big way. My guess is they'll be more than ready for that task. Interesting to hear David Pollock looking ahead to some of those big up-and-coming games. Cocktail party on Saturday, then the slate after that. Things are about to get really interesting for UGA. Let me switch gears to this for a moment. Yesterday, Georgia got some very good news on the recruiting front. And it's weird because we're in the bye week. We had Rick's Dog Bowl last night. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. It can be easy to overlook this, but you shouldn't. Georgia has flipped a four-star defensive back, Andre Evans, out of Nashville, Tennessee, from LSU. Now, the overall numbers on Evans tells you a pretty good story here. He's ranked as the number 152 player in the overall 24-7 sports composite, meaning I think he's close to top 100 on 24-7 overall, but in the 24-7 composite, which averages together all of the various recruiting rankings, you're talking about a guy who comes in like 152 on the composite. This is a big-time win for Georgian recruiting going head-to-head against LSU to bring him home. And right now, listen, DBU at LSU is not what it once was. They are in desperate need of defensive backs, and Evans was supposed to be one of their guys, and Fran Brown swoops in maintains good contact with Evans and puts himself in a position to win this recruiting battle so you know I don't have a ton to say on this other than it's really good news and I think for those of us who you know have enjoyed this run this ride that George has been on I think the Evans commitment's a perfect example here of and even what's supposed to be the so-called slow week even what's supposed to be the so-called week where nothing's going on, everybody's getting away and going on vacation and going to the pumpkin patch or whatever it is that we're supposed to be doing on a week like this, Georgia is still business as usual, and business remains good. Four-star cornerback flipped from LSU, DBU taking the L to UGA, you know, a darn near what top 100-rated prospect. 
That's a pretty nice piece of news for Georgia on a bye week. Fran Brown continues to be one of the rising stars in the coaching world. Georgia's lucky to have him. And Andre Evans, I would say, as a recent commit to UGA, Dog's pretty lucky to have him too. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Meriwether and Tharp. Don't forget, Kirby Smart here coming up in just a moment. Fun conversation we were able to have with Kirby last night. Of course, for those of you who joined us last night on dognation.com, we're glad to have you here. And for those of you who watch on Dog Nation Daily right now, we're glad you're here there as well. Other podcasts and video platforms, thank you so much for just choosing something that works for you, some way to connect with the show. We're just really glad you do. Our friends in Athens on the radio as well, Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref. That is really good. And all of this would not be possible without a great sponsor like our friends at Meriwether and Tharp. We call them your source for Georgia divorce. And what we mean by that is, as they stretch across all the state of Georgia now, and they've got some brand new office locations that are about to open up. And I can't wait to tell you more about this because, you know, for a long time, we've kind of thought of Meriwether and Tharp as kind of like a really important resource for those facing divorce here in the Atlanta area. But they're actually extending beyond that now. Great offices opening up outside the Atlanta area. We're going to be telling you a lot more about that in the uh, days to come. That's why we're giving you a brand new website to think about when you think about Meriwether and Tharp. It's georgiadivorceteam.com. That's georgiadivorceteam.com. And one of the reasons why Meriwether and Tharp has grown the way that it has to be able to expand outside the Atlanta area throughout the state is because of the creative way in which they approach the divorce process. Because the thing they understand is, is there are a couple of things that are kind of top of mind for you when it comes to a divorce process. First of all, it's scary, confusing. They acknowledge that, and that's why they want to help you in what might be one of the most challenging times you ever go through. But in addition to that, they also understand that you want this to be as sort of stress-free as it possibly can be. And you want to have some sort of idea about what all of this costs. And that's what Meriwether and Thorpe kind of understands. The way to make the divorce process as affordable and cost-effective for you as it possibly can be. And to give you kind of a range of options, because in this day and age, everybody sort of wants that range of options, that sort of you know range of choices. Once again, that's what Meriwether and Thorpe can provide you as well. They've got a, a deal you know, do-it-yourself divorce type option that you can get for as low as $99. They've got Meriwether and Tharp Assisted, which can be done for as low as $1,749. And an option that I think really can kind of combines the, the, the best of a lot of uh, options here. And this may be the coolest new thing that Meriwether and Tharp is rolling out for those who are considering the divorce process or for those who realize the divorce process is an unavoidable reality for them. It's what they call their model M&T service, which includes a payment plan, and traditional coverage, if you'd like, for those complex divorces there as well. So all kinds of great options available for you right now with Meriwether and Tharp. I want you to check out their website. It's georgiadivorceteam.com. That's georgiadivorceteam.com. Obviously, they know how scary and confusing the divorce process can be. And while that may be true for you, finding your way to a successful outcome on the other side of that is very much possible when you get the unparalleled service that Meriwether and Tharp provides and the really creative way in which Meriwether and Tharp allows you to make sense of all this, but also understand kind of what you're looking at from a financial commitment standpoint. Uh, they can tell you more about that. So please find them online, georgiadivorceteam.com. That's georgiadivorceteam.com. And don't forget, Meriwether and Tharp, also proud partners of the Georgia Bulldogs as well. All right, speaking of the Georgia Bulldogs, let's get ready to go uh, around the doghouse here, presented by Serve Pro. And the head dog himself is Kirby Smart. And Kirby, we know how busy he is. Georgia just got a major flip yesterday. Uh, they're obviously working, you know, as you transition to the sort of back half of the week to start getting ready for Florida next Saturday. You know how important people like me think that game is, and Kirby Smart also understands the value of the rivalry there as well. So he is busy at work for a game plan to defeat those lousy, stinking Gators. And yet still last night, he was kind enough to be a part of the Chick-fil-A Dog Bowl with Mark Richt and his family, and also kind enough to join us on Dog Nation too, which was an incredibly, incredibly generous act of his time because we know how limited it is. So I wanted to give you a chance to see that in support of the great night for Mark Richt, a very different side of Kirby Smart than we often get a chance to see in a great mood and having a good time. And if you're a Georgia fan, I think you're going to like this here around the doghouse presented by Surf Pro. Get a chance to speak to Georgia coach Kirby Smart here right now. He's on hand, ready to go. We're going to talk to him. We know that his time is limited. We certainly appreciate that. Coach, thank you so much for stopping by and being part of this with us. Yeah, got a little bowling shirt. The Dog Nation bowling shirt looks pretty good, right? You got to try to dress the part, and you got to you got to try to look the part when you're here. You look good. Well, you look like you can bowl. I may look like I may look like I can bowl, but I promise you, I cannot. But uh, nonetheless, 
nonetheless, we're happy to be here. And we had a chance to talk to your wife earlier, and she talked about the fun of supporting a great cause like this. What does it mean to you, both Coach Rick, but also the chance to come out here and use this platform that Georgia football provides you to raise the money that you're raising? Well, when Coach Rick reached out and asked, I was all in. He had the perfect week picked. You know, he had the off week. He said, can we get the players there? I said, absolutely. Um, it's for a great cause. You know, we've got a player dealing with Crohn's and Kelton. And uh, for Coach Rick, I lost a grandfather to Parkinson's. When he reached out, we were all in. Our players, they love bowling anyway. Obviously, uh, Coach Rick hired you back in 2005, sent you great well wishes before the 2021 National Championship. What does he mean to you personally? Just has taught me a lot about balancing coaching and your family. Uh, he and Catherine, even when I was at Alabama every year, they would send me a, 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 a card once a week, say, hey, we're thinking about your family. We're praying for you guys. And, you know, he just did it the right way. And I have a lot of appreciation. A lot of our guys on our staff work for him. So there's a great appreciation for what he meant to Athens and the University of Georgia by everybody. And one of the things you talk about a lot is the great connection your players have with each other. Tonight we get a chance to see that with our own eyes. They're smiling. They're having a good time. It's obviously their bye week, so they could be doing something else with their time tonight if they wanted to be. What does it mean for you that they would also give of their time in service of a great cause like this? That's the kind of kids we got. They were dying to go. I, I was like, man, I don't know, after practice, they got another practice tomorrow, it's a week off. I said, man, we might struggle to get 30 guys. We had 64 guys sign up. You know, they, they all wanted to do it. They all wanted to give back their time and effort. So it's a great cause. I'm glad they did it. I'm going to finish with this. You know, on Saturday, a couple of your staff played in high school uh, in the state of Georgia. But I tell you, that list is full of dogs. I saw DJ Shockley. He's going in. I mean, there's a ton of dogs that are going in this time. Well, Coach, we appreciate you stopping by and being with us here for a minute. Best of luck tonight. Have a great time, and thanks for being here. Thank you. Go dogs. A little bit of a glitch there. We lost a little bit of that, but a good chance to hear from uh, Georgia coach Kirby Smart and uh, celebrating a wonderful night there. And as Coach Smart talks about, so much, um, just so many good things going on with uh, Mark Richt and the uh, Dog Bowl last night. If you've got a chance to tune in and see it, you know how great that is. And I want to encourage you, the whole purpose of putting this on video, getting a chance to see that, getting a chance to enjoy that, the whole purpose of, of all of this is to uh, to raise money for a wonderful cause. Uh, obviously, research for Parkinson's disease, research for Crohn's disease, a lot of this being done through the Isaacson Center there at UGA. So the website I want you to go to where, uh, is ricksdogbowl.com. If you are hearing about this and you want to participate in what Kirby believes in, in support of Mark Rick, what Mark Rick and his family believes in because Coach Rick is battling Parkinson's, one of his daughters, uh, granddaughters, I should say, is uh, dealing with Crohn's disease. The website here, ricksdogbowl.com. You can go there, you can find the link, and you can continue to participate in this and really be a part of a great story as Dog Nation comes together to raise, raise huge money for a wonderful, wonderful cause. Uh, please make sure uh, you continue to do that. Give, if you can, ricksdogbowl.com. And Kirby Smart's appearance, of course, a part of Around the Doghouse here, presented today by ServPro. And before we talk to Terrence Edwards, let me remind you that ServPro, a great name to know when you're talking about a couple of challenging issues you may find for your home or your rental property or your you know, commercial property, you know, perhaps where you house your business. You know, sometimes these properties get damaged, damaged through fire, water intrusion, all kinds of ways in which messes can happen. And these messes have the potential of impacting your livelihood, whether it's the passive income you get from a rental property or the commercial property where your business is housed and located, or it's your own home where your quality of life is injured after something like that. When you faced something along those lines, some sort of heavy damage caused by fire, water intrusion, you know, whatever else, you want that cleanup to take place and you want that to all be put back together like it never even happened. And that is what Servpro is all about. So I want you to check out their website. It's servpro.com. That's S-E-R-V, servpro.com. Each and every Servpro franchise is independently owned and operated. And so you're talking about people who have a vested income in the outcome, just like you do, if you're going through any kind of uh, cleanup situation. Their restoration specialists want to put that all back together for you. Fire damage, water intrusion, whatever you're dealing with, our friends at Servpro can do great work for you. So please find them online at servpro.com. All right, so before we're done on today's show, there is, I think, an interesting opinion that seems to be forming around UGA and a possible playoff matchup that might exist for the dogs if Georgia is back in the college football playoff again here this year. We'll kind of talk about what that means and what we might learn about that here this weekend. 
and of course a whole lot more there as well but for now everything about georgia moving into the bye week uh getting ready to live life without brock bowers for a little while and a special honor for our next guest there as well we want to make sure we highlight in a good way here too let's cover all of that ground right now as we talk to terrence edwards here on dog nation daily presented by meriwether and tharp today From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. Boy, so great to have Terrence Edwards here today on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. And Terrence, obviously for Georgia, the work never stops. We were just uh, talking about, you know, the fact that even during a bye week, Georgia's getting a big commitment, but also kind of moving into the uh, preparations for Florida here. You're a player. You have been. You're a coach now. You know, you know, the sport at all levels, high school, college, and professional. You know, how is the best way for Georgia to use this bye week, player rest-wise, preparation-wise? You know, how do you get the most out of these seven days knowing you don't have a football game this particular Saturday? I think the best thing you do that you, you self-evaluate. I think this week is more about the Georgia Bulldogs and not about any of opponent or Florida coming up. You go and look at, you know, get your data and see your tendencies, what you do well, what haven't you done so well. And you just try to go out and correct those mistakes that other teams may find um, in their preparation to play Georgia. So you just go out there, for one, try to just work on yourself, yourself get better. And also, it's time to heal a little bit. I know we have a lot of injuries right now, so this the bye week couldn't come at a better time with the injuries that we have. Yeah, that's a really good point. I want to talk to you about one of those significant injuries, obviously, coming up here in a moment. But we also heard David Pollack, uh, you know, say a moment ago that, um, you know, you look at some of these future Georgia games, Ole Miss, David says that could be a problem. Missouri right now, that's a good football team. And obviously for most of this year, Luther Burton's been terrific for the uh, Tigers there as well. Like how much can some of that self-scouting you were just discussing and some of that work on yourself, that preparation right now, how much can that prepare Georgia not just for the Florida game that's coming up next Saturday, a rivalry game that matters a lot to a lot of us, but also what looks to be on paper right now, a pretty challenging stretch and perhaps more difficult than it initially appeared to be when the season was first kind of being discussed and, you know, so soft, so weak, whatever else. Well, when you're playing, you know, ranked Missouri, ranked Ole Miss, ranked Tennessee in three consecutive weeks, I don't know that that schedule all of a sudden, you know, quite seems soft anymore. That, that, that to me doesn't quite seem like that matches that necessarily anymore. So how much can this week sort of prepare Georgia for beyond the Florida game, but also the upcoming stretch of very difficult games after that? Yes, it, it can help with rest. I think mentally and physically, the players need rest. They're, they're being, they've been going at it for months and months. They just really haven't had a break to just kind of decompress and just and just take a deep breath and relax a little bit. And this week is about a little bit about relaxing, getting your mind right, because there is a stretch right now that we need to be physically and mentally prepared for these teams that we got coming up. And like I said earlier, this, this is probably the best time to have a break with the stretch of games that we do have to get some players back and figure out some things moving forward. It's uh, Terrence Edwards here on uh, Dog Nation Daily presented by Meriwether and Tharp. And, of course, by now we have talked plenty about the um, the the Brock Bowers injury and, you know, what has gone on there and how Georgia moves on without that. You know, Terrence, you know this wide receiver room for Georgia very well right now. You know, what do you think – will be the Georgia response here to playing without Bowers he's clearly a very important player for UGA but he's also not the only talented player on this offense how do you think Georgia's poised to respond knowing it's going to play at least for the next few weeks it would appear without a guy in Brock Bowers who I think has been the best player in college football this year how does Georgia do this yes I I just think personally some of the other uh, offensive weapons personally because you know the narrative right now is Georgia's season is done without Brock. And so they should take that personal by, hold up now, we, we have some talented guys in this room. And I tweeted this, uh, I retweeted this from the Dog Nation, like what do we do without Brock? Like you're going to move you know, different players into that position that was designed for Brock. I think Oscar Delp is very, very similar to him skill set-wise. The only thing Brock has different than Oscar is that yards after catch ability like once he catch it then he just his running ability it just uh it just 
Nobody has that ability in that tight end room that he has. But just going out there, getting open, catching the football, Oscar Depp will be able to do that. But now, you know, Marcus and Rara and Dom can be put in the position that Brock would be in. Now you've got receivers running those routes instead of a generational tight end. Um, I don't think the drop-off is that much once we put those receiver guys in who's used to running this space, who's used to being able to make people miss it. I think Dom. Dom can have a really breakout uh, season if he's put in that position because he's probably our next best run after catch player. Yeah, I think that's interesting. And, you know, we saw Love it last week have nine catches, I think his most productive game thus far in a Georgia uniform. And, you know, perhaps that comes a good time in absence of uh, Bowers. And I guess, Terrence, I've also been under the assumption that Lovett's now perhaps going to be on the field even more, right? I mean, it's like, you know, Oscar kind of plays that traditional tight end look for you. A lot of what Brock has done is very untraditional from a tight end, you know, lining up wide, slot receiver, the true hybrid type look. I mean, some of the Bauer snaps probably, you know, that, that have to be divvied up now, some of that probably just means more time on the field for Lovett. Is it as simple as saying that? I think so. I think, you know, we're one of the few teams that really will run 12 personnel. That's two receivers, two tight ends more than anyone. Now I think it's probably going to go back to 11 personnel with three receivers and one tight end with Oscar being that traditional tight end. But I'm not going to take anything away from Oscar and his ability to uh, split out wide and and do some of the things that that Brock has done. And it's about scheme. And You're scheming guys open and putting guys in position to get open. I think Oscar is just more than capable of those things. Just, but like I said, the difference is once you line them up, um, Oscar is going to catch it and probably get five yards to six yards, where Brock would turn it to 20 to 30 yards. But we're still moving the change. It's probably going to look different, but I think we will be in more 11 personnel than 12 personnel. What about uh, you know Lad McConkey's back, which seems to be something that's a little bit of a lingering concern. You know, not able to be a full go against Vanderbilt, and Kirby Smart has said has also really not been a full go in practice either, which perhaps means more to me. You could see Georgia wanting to be careful with him during the game, but obviously, if if he can practice, clearly Georgia wants him out there and, and participating as a full go in practice. And Kirby Smart has said that that's not something that McConkey has really been able to do. I don't know what kind of experience you personally have with back injuries, Terrence, but do you have any kind of insight into maybe how healthy he could be? And when you think about some of these dynamic plays that Brock obviously is capable of making, how much of that can be replicated if McConkey is getting healthier at a time in which Bowers is out? Yes, he's another one that we need to get healthy. Uh, I never had really a back injury besides tightness um, and when your back is tight, you can't move. Your back kind of controls a lot of your bodily movement. Um, so he hasn't been able to be the lad McConkey that we know. But you know, twenty plays a game from lad, um, we're getting very, we're getting production from him. So if we can move those up to forty plays, it will take some of the sting off. Not there. Just my thing now, uh, the offense players. Who is the defense now going to key on? Because going into a game plan. Every defense coordinator knows we got to stop Brock Bowers. And now is who do we stop? That's that's going to be the question. Who we're going to put our attention to? Is it the running game? Is it the passing game? Is it specific players? So they're going to have to figure that out. And I think that's an, an advantage, Georgia, because now you know that they're not going to just specifically scheme a defense to stop one player. It's kind of stop a passing game. Now we we can run the football. We want to stop the passing game. Now, while the running game now, we can pass the football. So, um, the, the, the talent that we do have not going to be a drop-off. Uh, we're just not going to have that generation of talent, but we do have enough talent on the offensive side that I don't think production would drop off. And then the other thing you kind of see happening right now is is that very quietly – Dejon Edwards seems to be emerging as a very capable running back for Georgia. I mean, there's a chance that he could finish with more rushing yards than anybody from the last two national championship teams have had, and perhaps anybody since DeAndre Swift finishes Georgia career in 2019. That's at least a, a possibility for Dejon here right now. You know, I think this is a guy who has a look of a very capable SEC running back. How much does the extra component that Dejon is currently providing, how much does that give this Georgia offense a boost? I think it gives it a boost when you can have a running back that can go for 
you know, a buck forty, buck forty five, whatever he went for. But he's just a steady, hard nosed South Georgia football player. Come from Coker County and we understand what that football community brings and he exemplifies what South Georgia football is. He's not the biggest, he's not the fastest, but he's he's dependable and uh, as they come he catches the football well. So we're gonna need Kendall Milton as well. He was starting to pick up some steam and yet again he comes up uh comes up lame. So I think the combination of those two if we could get Kendall back. Uh the running game has been producing more and more. Uh, the offensive line has played of late. So we need all key components three to four weeks because the schedule dictates that we need all our, our players healthy, knowing that Brock is not going to be there. Offensive line has to step their game up. The running backs have to step their game up. The coaches have to step their game up. So everyone has to step their game up a notch to fill that void. So last week I shortchanged you, Terrence. And you know, this was on my uh, error here because I was trying to do like 15 things at once, to be completely honest with you. Did not give you full credit for going into the Georgia-Florida Hall of Fame coming up. Now, I want to bring that up here right now for the simple reason that how many Hall of Fames does this put you in? I know last year you went to the Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame. Now you're going to the Georgia-Florida Hall of Fame uh, coming up, like, what, I guess next week. Uh, you got to be collecting – are you in the Canadian Football Hall? Uh, how, many, how many Halls of Fame are you going to be in before it's all said and done here, Terrence? Uh, I am in three so far. Uh, I am not in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Hopefully that is that one is next. Sure. Um, but I am in the Winter Play at Blue Bombers Hall of Fame. Are you really? I am – Yes, I'm in, in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Hall of Fame. I am in the high school Georgia Hall, Hall of Fame first class. And I am now in the Georgia-Florida Hall of Fame. And uh, hopefully next, SEC Legends. I know Sean got that. Yeah. So hopefully that one, that one is soon. Have you not been an, hold on. Have you not been an SEC legend yet? Do we lose Terrence? That, that I don't understand, but I have not. For someone who led the SEC, yeah. was the all-time leader receiving the SEC history for 15 years to Georgia. I, I, I don't understand that. And been Georgia's all-time leader receiver for now for 21 years. I don't understand it. But hopefully one day that will come. And that's and a fun one. And that's a fun one, too, because that's one from every – you know, for people who don't know, the SEC Legends is like one from every team. They get announced at the SEC Championship game each and every year, and it's their nice ovation. Or, depending on who's playing the game, it could be a nice resounding set of boos, which I think the players kind of enjoy that part anyway, too. Uh, you know, just because – just kind of a fun – you know, kind of a fun rivalry type thing back and forth. So, we got to get you uh, – you're right. The next thing to happen, it's got to be SEC Legends. Yes, that's, that's the one that I'm looking forward to because of that. Um, and also, I, I, I want to get in all these Hall of Fames because my brother is in the Georgia Hall of Fame, and I, I don't like him being in something that I'm not. Sure. I can't. I don't like him being one up on me. That's that brother competition, that competitive that we've had. So now we're both in the Georgia Hall of Fame. He's a uh, SEC legend, which I'm not yet, so hopefully that's soon. And another one that I, I, I would like to get in is the state of Georgia. Hall of Fame, the one in making. Just what I did in high school, what I did in college, what I did in a professional race. I think I've represented the state of Georgia very well. I like that. we got to make sure that happens, Terrence. That's really good stuff. Well, if there also is a Hall of Fame for being a great uh, wide receiver trainer, personal coach for guys who want to catch the football better, we believe you could be in the Hall of Fame for that there as well. For people who want to find the Terrence Edwards Wide Receiver Academy online, how can they do that? You can find me on all social media. Um, at Terrence Edwards Wide Receiver Academy. Terrence, hope you enjoy your uh, Saturday with no Georgia football and enjoy some time off. And uh, we will look forward to talking to you back here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp again very soon. Well, be, I will be at the second annual Georgia High School Hall of Fame this weekend. Good. Are you going to wear your Are you going to wear your blue jacket to the event? I'm, I am going to wear my blue jacket. I love it. I love it. Well, I'll see you there. You know, there's like 20-something former Georgia players uh, going in here this year, so that's an incredible collection there, too. Yes, and I have to go see my guy DJ and Marcus yeah. get inducted. I can't wait for that. That's going to be good stuff. Uh, Terrence, we'll see you there Saturday at the College Football Hall of Fame for that, and congratulations, obviously, uh, a year later on being a part of the Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame and also going to the Georgia-Florida Hall of Fame here this year. Uh, good stuff, Terrence. We'll see you on Saturday night. Thank you. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Yeah, so what Terrence is referencing is the Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame, which was also what I was talking to uh, Kirby Smart about uh, last night. A little bit of a 
uh, a brief glitch and all of that. But so you've got 20 something. I think the overall number is 22, maybe. You've got 20 something former Georgia players going to the Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame this year. And two of them are Georgia staffers. Offensive coordinator Mike Bobo, Jarvis Jones, obviously one of the quality control uh, analysts there. But as Darren said, you know, it's John Stinchcomb going in. It's DJ Shockley going in this year. Mark Stroud is uh, going in this year there as well. And a whole long list. I'm not going to be able to rattle them all off by memory. But like 20-something former dogs going in there on that. So for someone, one, you know, once again, who loves this stuff, to be a chance to be a part of that, I'm a part of the board. I'm on the board of the Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame which is, to be frank, probably as close to a Hall of Fame as I'll ever get. I don't believe they have Halls of Fame for, like, loudmouth podcast streaming video hosts. Maybe one of these days they will. As of now, that's not really a Hall of Fame-worthy endeavor. But if it ever is, maybe we'll have a shot at that. But for now, we're just happy to be on the board of the Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame and helping make sure the football careers of some of the great Georgians get honored, whether they went to UGA or not. And so Saturday night, we'll have our second class going in eventually you'll get a chance to watch this on tv on the peachtree sports network but a wonderful time uh to be doing that there on saturday night that's going to be a really terrific time now what else will be a terrific time is cruising around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean of course thinking about that dog nation cruise coming up in april of 2024 wanting you to be on board with us you know this is our third iteration of the Dog Nation Cruise, third straight year we've done that. And every year there's a challenge to make it bigger and better. And boy, have we answered the call on that here this year. As for the very first time ever, the Dog Nation Cruise sets sail on an Oasis-class ship, Allure of the Seas, one of the largest ships at sea. That means more specialty restaurants, more cool uh, experiences on board the ship, uh, just more fun to be had, and in honor of the cruise being bigger and better than it's ever been, that also means more specially themed Dog Nation events there as well. So uh, we want you to be on board. Jessica Slater, a wonderful travel agent, has put a terrific website together for you to find out more information about this. It's royaldogs.com, royaldogs.com. You can find out more about the Dog Nation cruise coming up April of 2024 on board Allure of the Seas, leaving out of Port Canaveral, Florida, going to Nassau in the Bahamas, going to Perfect Day Coco Cay. We will see you for all of that. Now, let's go cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean here for a moment. And I've got a lot of the upcoming weekend's worth of games on my mind. And I'm curious about this Florida State-Duke game on Saturday night. Now, from a just sort of prediction standpoint, how you expect the game to play out standpoint, and the big question in the game is, does Riley Leonard return for uh, Duke? And it seems like, at least from a full health standpoint, probably won't. But that sets up a really interesting game for Florida State at home against a Duke team that's been really good this year with Mike Elko as head coach and obviously even through the Riley Leonard injury. But the Florida State part of this I find to be pretty fascinating because if you look at some of those like playoff prediction things the national website's right, and I know some of y'all are mad at Heather Dennett right now. Well, we may do the Dennett stuff tomorrow. To be honest with you, Heather to me is kind of in the category of – like what a Dan Wolken at one point in time would have been, or like a honestly, I actually kind of like Danny Cannell. I, I don't necessarily even put Cannell in this category, but I don't take Heather seriously. I, I think that Heather is fundamentally an unserious person, and the same way that like for those of you who even know who Dan Wolken would have been, it's like it's easy to sort of take cheap points by you know, hey, here's this crazy thing this you know this person said. You, you know, I, I try not to do that with Heather just because I don't find it to be all that serious. But some of y'all are upset with something that she said about Georgia. We may have some fun with that on tomorrow's show for a brief moment. Uh, but but the point now, though, is is different than that. The point now is the overall playoff projections that are out there. A lot of people are kind of writing that story. Here's the latest pre- playoff projections. And the common playoff projection you see right now, obviously Georgia in the playoff. And it seems like a lot of these websites sort of have Georgia playing Florida State in the Sugar Bowl. That's one of the two national semifinal games this year. The other playoff game is the Rose Bowl. I think there's a little bit of a desire in the hearts and minds of some college football fans, media types. If you could get a traditional Rose Bowl for a playoff game, I think there's a real big desire to do that. Michigan-Washington, the possibility that could be a playoff game in the Rose Bowl. Classic Big Ten champ against classic Pac-12 champ. That's, of course, assuming that Michigan wins the Big Ten right now. I believe they probably will. But, uh, but there's obviously a lot of you know work to be done to kind of decide that. But the projections right now have it sort of like B 
Big 10 champ Michigan, Pac-12 champ Washington, you put them in the Rose Bowl. So if Georgia makes the playoff as the number one team, who are they likely to play? Well, we think it's going to be Florida State. It seems like a lot of these websites sort of have that right now. And if you're looking for something else to watch here this weekend, I would watch this game, Duke-Florida State, from that vantage point of does Florida State have the look of a college football playoff level team here right now? And for me, I think that at least thus far, they have sort of stopped short of being that. I think they're very, 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 very good. But I think the playoff is typically a little bit better than that. And I don't know that they quite bump up against that level for me yet. There's still time to change that. They've got, you know, uh, you know Duke, ranked opponent this weekend, still game looming against Miami. Uh, I guess you're thinking about the possibility of what, like, say, UNC in the ACC championship game, I guess, I think, maybe. Um, so there's still the potential for big games here left to be had. But as of now... The only real elite thing that I think that Florida State has is probably the tandem of wide receivers. Now, Johnny Wilson's been a little bit banged up. I believe he's coming back. Keon Coleman, the transfer from Michigan State, has been terrific this year when I've watched Florida State play. So that's the one thing they do really have, I believe, at the elite level. They've got terrific wide receivers, I believe. And obviously, a terrific tandem of wide receivers could be a problem, you know, potentially for Georgia if that matchup were to happen. But I'm kind of more thinking about this along the lines of, if we're going to say right now that Washington is one of the clubhouse leaders for a playoff berth because they just got a big win against Oregon and they're playing a really good brand of football, the Big Ten champ almost certainly going to be there. I would favor Michigan to do that. That was one of my preseason picks. If we just say that Georgia is trending towards being in the playoff because it's still the number one team in the country, and you're saying, well, who is that fourth playoff team right now? I don't know that I would put – in fact, I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't – I would not put Florida State ahead of the eventual Big 12 winner. I think that Texas, who is my preseason pick, Oklahoma, who I believe has to be in the conversation right now, I would take Big 12 winner over Florida State as sort of that fourth elite level team in the college football playoff. If Georgia got to play Florida State in a national semifinal game, I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. But is it on paper easier than Ohio State would have been for Georgia a year ago or Michigan would have been the year before that? I believe so. Easier than Oklahoma would have been in 2017? I also believe so there as well, that you've got to play somebody in a national semifinal game. And maybe these are famous last words. Maybe I'll be made to eat my words when it's all said and done. Well, I think that Florida State's pretty good uh, and will have a chance to win the ACC. And if you win that league, you have a chance to win the playoff. I don't put Florida State right now in the same category as the other playoff teams we're mentioning, and I assume eventually the Big 12 winner, whether it be Texas or Oklahoma, I assume that team will eventually probably have a stronger case for the playoff than Florida State does. But watching them this weekend against Duke will give you a chance to make that you know opinion seem incorrect. We'll see if it does. The other big game on Saturday that we're also watching here pretty closely is what's going to go down with Alabama and Tennessee. Let me give you one semi-hottish take on this here for a moment that if you told me right now I had one game to win and I could pick either quarterback of either of these two teams to win the game I'm not telling you I would feel great about either guy but can we agree that Jalen Milrow is a better quarterback than Joe Milton is I mean can we agree with that 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 Milrow may not be great but if you had to pick you know Sandlot football or you know, expansion draft, SEC, you had to choose Milton or Milrow to be your quarterback. I mean, Milrow's the guy you want right now, right? That in this game on Saturday where Alabama plays at home as the favorite, they've also got the quarterback advantage, right? I I think you have to say that. Now, what's weird, even if what I just said is true, and even if you do acknowledge here that the quarterback edge favors Alabama in this game, y'all, I think pretty quietly Tennessee's been the better of these two teams this year. Even though Milton's been a little bit of a flop as the starting quarterback, this offense does not really right now look like a a Josh Heupel-style offense. In fact, last Saturday in beating Texas A&M, they ran the ball a lot. I think right now, even with the Tennessee offense not quite being certainly what it was a year ago, what we typically come to expect from a Josh Heupel unit, the truth is, is Tennessee's kind of been the better football team between these two here this season, I believe, and that's with the Florida loss notwithstanding. So interesting game there on Saturday, third Saturday in October. A lot of Georgia fans are getting ready to settle in and enjoy this. And as we've been saying, the stakes from a Georgia perspective are pretty high here. 
it's either a Tennessee win and that game on the road in November feels huge or it's an Alabama win and you feel like you've got one of these classic SEC championships where you've got two uh, respected teams on each side of the field with a lot of stakes there in the game. Mike Griffith was on our show earlier this week saying if you're a Georgia fan, you root for Bama to kind of make the SEC East easier to win. I'd like to think Georgia's the kind of team that all it has to worry about is taking care of its own business, but maybe being a little bit uh, at least with a mindset towards you know what you need to have happen to clinch that spot in the SEC championship and then clinching that spot in the uh, in the uh, the college football playoff maybe that is at least worth considering I was going to do a thing on the all-american stuff but I've actually kind of gone along on this right now so let me just save that story perhaps we'll come back to that tomorrow uh, a little bit of a look at two interesting games there on Saturday we'll make that cruising around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean and while I have a moment here let me also shout out our friends at Mr. Electric uh, Mr. Electric is Dog Nation's choice for residential and commercial electrical needs. They've been in business nearly 30 years. They offer repair work, installations, lighting work, and, of course, electrical safety, which is very, very important. It's not the kind of thing you want to be doing yourself, you know, making sure that uh, expertly trained electricians are out there taking care of you on all of that. They've also got a ton of uh, licensed experts, uh, insured electricians, and uh, up upfront flat pricing, which gives you a little bit of peace of mind about what you're going to be paying for the work that you're having done. So if it's a 24-hour, you know, kind of emergency type situation, or you just need a quote about some work you've been looking to get done, our friends at Mr. Electric got you covered on all of that. So the website is MrElectricAtlanta.com. That's MrElectricAtlanta.com. I'm always amazed at how talented some members of our audience are, especially given my talent limitations. I'm always amazed by how talented some of our folks are. Our buddy Ryan Walker uh, is an example of this. Tremendous graphic artist. I love this. I'm going to give you the caption, and I'm going to describe the uh, picture for those of you not seeing this. This is our golden shoe for today. Uh, Ryan saying, get well soon to um, Brock Bauer, saying we need the Napa Valley Express for that title run. And then you see the uh, picture here. You got the uh, Georgia-themed freight train. Brock Bowers running there, uh, giving the stiff arm to an Ohio State player. Great collection of highlights from Bowers. Ryan's a tremendous, tremendously talented graphic artist, so we'll give him a golden shoe for that today. That is a wonderful thing to be able to see. How about something else that's really wonderful? We are now single-digit days to the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Nine days from now, the lousy, stinking Gators have quite a reckoning coming to them. That is our Gatorator countdown. We'll see you tomorrow, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp.